0: This episode is brought to you by ProMensal. Welcome to Thriving in Menopause, brought to you by Prevention Magazine. I'm Andrea Duval, editor of Prevention, and today my guest is Michelle Seelig, a midlife transition counsellor and coach. Michelle sees a lot of women who come to her feeling that at this point in their life they're a bit stuck. Maybe the fun spark has gone from their lives and she helps them find their way forward to happiness and a greater sense of fulfilment. Welcome, Michelle. Now, one of the things you say that I find really interesting is that it's common for women to feel lost or stuck in a rut during menopause and perimenopause. Can you
1: explain? Yeah, so I work with midlife women, so my clients are coming to me feeling very stuck wanting to reassess things and wanting to do a bit of a course correct, but not really sure how. So this kind of keeps us feeling a little bit trapped, wanting to move in a direction, not necessarily being clear of where to go or how to get there. For many clients, this also feels like their chance to break out and reinvent themselves. And so it's, a really, it's really important to sort of dive into this and have a look at what's going on. What happens at midlife is actually quite similar to what happens during adolescence. So where you've got a lot of hormonal changes and you might be wanting to rebel and break away from your parents and trying to work out who you are. And during midlife, you know, very similar things are happening. We've got the hormonal fluctuations going on and we're also wanting to rebel in a way. So much of our earlier life is influenced by you know, the expectations of a lot of other people in our life. So it might be our parents or our partner or our in-laws. And so we get to this point where we want to really try and re-establish who we are on our own terms. And we're trying to work out what we want and what we need for ourselves. So it's really common that women do a bit of questioning and a bit of stock taking. That's really healthy. And it helps us set things up well for this Next chapter of our life. So what I often see in my practice is women going through that questioning process. So they might be looking at their relationship that, you know, it might feel like it's lost its spark. Their career maybe isn't so fulfilling. Or sometimes um, women might feel that there are career goals that they haven't quite yet reached. So they haven't reached their full potential. Um, Friendships also can wane and change at this time. We're dealing with the demands of parenting alongside perhaps looking after our um, elderly parents and so it makes very little time for us leaves very little time for us and also we're worried maybe about aging and you know our health is changing our bodies changing our appearance is changing that can be challenging so alongside all of the things that are going on in our lives, we also might be feeling a bit flat or Feeling like things, you know, they're just not working the way they used to and things aren't lighting us up anymore. And we're also maybe reassessing things and asking some questions that we don't have answers to. And this can be pretty anxiety provoking. So if we don't know how to move forward, we're sort of sitting in this really uncomfortable space. So, you know, if we've been parenting for years and our children are sort of getting a little bit older and we're starting to feel a little bit of time open up for ourselves, we might be asking ourselves what comes next. And if we don't have the answer, that can be really challenging. Or if we're working in a job that we've, you know, in a field that we've been working in for a long time and we're starting to feel a little bit of an urge to move on and we don't really know where we're going next, again, you know, these are some of the questions that we're asking that make us feel uncomfortable if we don't have the answers. And this is kind of what keeps us stuck here.
0: So, Michelle, I'm really keen for you to talk us through how to start looking at ourselves, examining this and getting unstuck as it were.
1: Yeah, great. So we the first place really to start is to identify what's not working. So it might sound like a really easy step, But when we've spent so much of our time just managing everything and keeping all the balls in the air, so our family life and our home, you know, and our career, then maybe we haven't really stopped long enough to recognise what's not working. Or the other thing that happens is we don't know how to check in with ourselves. So we don't know really how to find those answers. Um, And this is where we need to check in with how we're feeling. We know things aren't working or something's wrong because we're not feeling good about it. So even if we can't quite work out why just yet, um, we want to really be just checking in with ourselves in this way. And actually the reason why is usually because there's something we need that we're not getting. So if we take an example, I might have a client come to me who's been working in her field for many years and she's progressing in her career And she's just landed a great new job and she's on a good salary. And from the outside, she's, you know, achieving some of her goals and things are, you know, from the outside, she looks successful, but on the inside, she's not feeling so good or she's not happy or something's not feeling quite right. And then when we look at what's, what's not making her feel good, what she needs that she's not getting, that's kind of one of the questions we want to ask. What do you need that you're not getting here? we might be able to identify that maybe she's not fitting in that well in her new you know, work culture. So her need for belonging isn't being met, or she's not challenged in this new role. So her need to feel like she's growing and developing isn't there. Or maybe she really loves the job, but it's so consuming that she hasn't got time to look after her health. And you know, these things are happening side by side in our life all the time. So, you know, in our relationship, this is happening also. We might, for example, you know, feel frustrated that we're household chores aren't really being shared. And then when we look at what we need that we're not getting, we might feel underappreciated, or that, you know, we're not in an equal partnership, or we might feel that our time isn't really being valued or respected by our partner. So this is our time to take a breath and focus inward and see what we need that we're not getting. We'll be
0: right back after this.
1: Perimenopause can actually start in your 40s. Declining estrogen production during perimenopause brings on changes to menstrual cycles and often the onset of hot flushes, night sweats, mood swings and sexual problems. Promencal Peri is specifically designed for perimenopausal women and can help relieve these common menopausal symptoms. Promencal Peri is available at leading pharmacies across Australia and offers a cost-effective treatment at under $1 a day. When things start to change, try Promencal Peri. Always read the label and follow the directions for use. Okay, we're back. And it can be hard to hear our own voice sometimes. So having ways to check in with ourselves is really important. With my clients, I often use the body as a bit of a starting point because it gives us a lot of feedback. You know, if we're nervous, for example, we, we know that uncomfortable feeling in our tummy. Or if we're feeling sad, we have that lump in our throat. When a friend calls us and we're feeling a bit anxious, we know that we're feeling something. We might not know what's triggering that feeling, but we can definitely feel it. So our body's a really good place to turn. We wanna notice some of those sensations and, and this is really good feedback you know, to move forward with. And another good way to check in with ourselves, and there's a couple actually. That So one would be some mindfulness practice. So taking some time to quiet down, and slow down some of the busyness, which is often a distraction from what we're feeling. And then we just check in on yourself. You know, we want to notice what thoughts are coming up and what feelings are coming up. So this is, this is another process. I also get my clients to do some journaling. So this just sort of provides a, a little bit of space for us to get some time on our own. And to think out our thoughts on paper. So you can have a chat with yourself and you don't want to overthink this process too much. You just want to do some free writing. Just kind of connect back in. So identifying what we need that we're not getting really helps us understand what isn't working. And then we can look at what we need to do to address it.
0: Now, one of the things you talk about um, that I find interesting is that you talk about values and you know, that's a sort of lofty concept for lots of us. What are are our values? But I like the fact that you can bring it down to, okay, think about where you spend your money, where you spend your time and where you spend your energy. And they're really good clues to what's, what lights us up.
1: Mm, Yeah. So if things feel like they've gotten a bit off track, this is where we want to work out how to move forward. So we want to reset our inner compass, We want to make sure that we're heading where we want to be going. And the way that we do that is by reviewing our values. So, looking at our priorities. So, a question that we could ask ourselves might be, what's important to me at this stage of my life? We want to find out a bit more about what matters to us. And yeah, so one way of doing that, a really great way of identifying that is thinking about where we're spending our resources. So, Identifying where we're spending our time or our money and where we're putting our energy here. So, time is very precious, precious at this stage of our life. So, where we're spending our spare windows can really highlight um, what we're prioritizing, what, what, what's important to us. Um, and, and when we do this, we actually sometimes see some themes emerging. So, if you're spending money on clothes and makeup, then that might tell us that. A aesthetics might be really important that looking good might be part of what helps you to feel good or if you love to travel you're spending your time you know doing adventurous things this is important those experiences that take you out of your comfort zone might be important to you if you love entertaining and socializing being with friends this tells us that connections are really important part of what you need so finding out what's important And another way that we we sort of assess how to move forward here is also by checking in what what goals we still want to fulfill. So you might have some dreams or some things that you're disappointed that you haven't achieved yet. Um, And this this can be different for everybody. So for some people, having a successful career is really something that they, a point that they want to get to. For other people, they might have discarded their creative life somewhere along the way and they want to come back to it. So when we know our values and we know what life goals we still want to meet, then we can build a future around what matters most to us. And when that happens, life starts to feel good. One of the things that I
0: think is interesting, Michelle, that you say is a bit of a mistake, is that we tend to
1: then think about, well, when was I happy? It's so tempting, isn't it, to to look backwards at a time when we were happy, when things felt like they were working out well. If that's our only reference point, then it's really natural to, to go there, so Yeah, but the happiness isn't going to be found there. The, The fulfilment isn't going to be found by just replicating our youth. We actually have to embrace, you know, we've had a lot of learning and we've had a lot of growth happen since we've made some of these life decisions way back in our 20s. And if we can take everything that we've learnt, recognize who we are now, then we move forward in a really different way, in a much more informed way. And we're making decisions, much better decisions about, you know, where we want to be going and how we get there.
0: You've talked about um, writing and journaling. That's something that I think uh, perhaps you need to tell us a little bit more about how you go about doing that in a way that's going to help you get to the next place.
1: We've taken a lot of direction from outside at this point of our lives and it's really time to to be trusting ourselves a little bit more and start taking direction from inside, you know, from our own voice. So once we've identified what's not working um, and we can recognise what's important to us, then we want to start moving forward by taking some, some little baby steps that will help us reach some of those unmet goals and also start addressing some of those things that we've identified aren't working. So just taking one small step, and and each of those little things, you know, build up to make a bigger step. So you might want to think about, you know, how can I make today a good day? One day adds up to a good week, a good, um, you know, month, a good year, and and all together, that really we start to move forward in a really positive way. So some of the things that we want to consider are all of the different life domains, all the areas in our life, and then reflect on those and think about what you could change, what small adjustment you could make that would help improve things in that particular area. So, these are things like um, friendship, family, our our intimate relationships, our health, um, our career. It also includes things like education and how we're spending our leisure time and personal development, things like that. So we want to think about a goal and or have a small step that we can take in some or even all of these areas of our life. So, you know, if our goal was, say, to improve our health, then one small step might be giving up caffeine or going for, you know, adding a little bit more exercise to our daily routine. If we wanted to reduce stress, if we're you know feeling pretty burnt out and exhausted, then maybe we think about doing 10 minutes of yoga, you know, four times a week or adding some meditation in here. So we can also do the same thing for our relationships. I know that this is an area you know that gets talked about a lot at midlife. Improving, maybe if you wanted to work on improving your connection in your relationship. So one small step that you could take here might be. Just committing to checking in with your partner at the end of the day, where you hear about each other's day. So we're really trying to break this down into very small, manageable steps. And it's a little bit like, you know, we do one thing and there's this ripple effect in our in our lives. We have, once we start to get a sense of mastery, we start to feel like we can do that one thing and then we add the next thing. And slowly we're getting on top of things that aren't working and we start to feel better. Another small step that we can take, and I I think this is important right now, is that we're introducing a bit more novelty. At this stage of our life, things can feel pretty stale. So, you know, they're familiar, we've been doing things in the same way for a long time, often with the same people. So we need novelty just to wake up our senses and feel a bit more alive. So it might be things like, you know, when we go for our walk during the day and you're walking the same four blocks, take a different route <laughs> or eat in the good room for our dinner, you know, have have a meal that isn't with the kids, that's just the two of you in your relationship or rearranging the home office is really nice because, you know, every time you step into a room that has something new, has something fresh, it really stimulates the senses a little bit more. So, just anything really, anything. We want to try different things and make things just a little bit less predictable. So when we take some some of these action steps, when we take take a little movement forward, we begin to get unstuck. And when those steps are aligned with our values, the things that really matter to us, things start to feel more meaningful again. And another thing that's important to consider here is that we really want to stop comparing our lives to others. This is a really important step in discovering what lights us up. So, comparisons often what gets us stuck in a rut in the first place. We become quite disconnected from ourselves because we're always looking outward for that input. We might be used to looking to others for those answers. So, now is really a time to start trusting ourselves and looking to ourselves. Something that I suggest to my clients who might be struggling with this is just taking a little bit of time at the end of the day, each day, to reflect on what worked today, what went well, what made me feel good, and write that in a journal. So, from there, we also start to see patterns emerging. The days that I felt were good days, you know, were the days that I exercised or that I spent in nature or that I met a friend for a coffee. So. It's just a way of tracking the things that are working for us and they make us feel good. So we may not be very practised at it yet. The more we do it, though, the better we get at knowing what we need to do to support ourselves and what makes us feel good, what makes our life really, really buzz.
0: We'll be right back after this.
1: Okay, we're back. We get so caught up in all of these hormonal changes. We've got a lot of mood swings going on. We're feeling pretty exa- exhausted often at this time of our life. And it can be difficult to separate out what's what's our hormone speaking and what's actually us. And this the, the self-care piece here is also really important. So we want to really start by getting our ducks in a row, ourselves, taking care of the things that we can to improve our well-being. So whether that's physical or our mental health. Every woman out there needs to see self-care as a bit of a secret weapon, as our self-management tool. We're never operating at our best and no one's going to get the best of us when we're not well rested, when we're not eating or sleeping well, when we're not moving our body. And there's a lot that we can do on our own just to help manage these things. We do all of that first to really optimise our well-being. And, you know, then we might choose whether we need some extra support, even if that could be helpful. But self-care practices are really helpful to reduce stress. So to move out of the fight, flight, freeze response and just calm everything back down. We want to get back into that rest and digest response when we're feeling a little bit more balanced or when we're actually sort of regulating things, our emotions start to become a little bit more stable. Um, and our hormones start to settle down as well. So our mood becomes a bit more stable and self-care is a very personal thing. So for some people going for a run makes us feel really good. You know, we get the endorphins going, we burn off some stress hormones for other people. They want to spend their downtime with other people socializing. So connecting with others, might be an important part of self-care that might elevate your mood, which makes you feel good. Um, for a lot of women spending time on their own you know just catching a moment of me time can really help them recharge so we want to do these things to really take care of ourselves and once we're taking better care of ourselves we can really separate out you know what's our hormone speaking and what's genuinely going on kind of behind the scenes for us so yeah we want to um, take this chance to really plan the next chapter, chapter of our lives And we want to do that and build this next stage around the things that are important to us and what feels good to us. And it's actually really liberating for women to really assert what they want. And it's from there that we discover how to build a life that's tailored to what we need and a life that's rich and satisfying and ultimately fulfilling.
0: And I think we owe it to ourselves, don't we, to look after ourselves, to mother ourselves in a funny way.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that I love that term, mothering ourselves, because actually what we're trying to do at this point of our lives is... Become the person that can look after us. So we're not wanting to rely on our parents and our partner and and whoever else is around us that we, you know, it's fine to lean on friends. We're not talking about dismissing those sorts of things. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we really need to stand in our own adult shoes and know what we need. And we need to assert that in our lives. And this is what we're really trying to build and, um, and establish here at this point, at this stage. Bring back some of that joy. Bring back some of that pleasure and get our life back on track. Yeah.
0: Look, thank you so much for joining us today, Michelle. Some great advice.
1: Oh, it's been great. Thanks so much, Andrea, for having me.
0: That's all for now. And thanks for listening. This was the final episode in this second series of Thriving in Menopause, but we'll be back again next year. I'm Andrea Duval, Editor of Prevention. And in the meantime, why not pick up a copy of Prevention Magazine, where you'll find more great advice about thriving at midlife. And thanks to our podcast editor today, Rod Morrie. See you again for our next season.